0: The angels have a very clear message for you this month, and it's this. Do not hold the vibration of fear. Hold the vibration of love. Do not hold the vibration of hate. Hold the vibration of peace. I wanted to let you know that we'll be praying more together here on this podcast In my lifetime, I've witnessed personally miracles that occur when people come together and use their free will to pray. The angels say it shifts energy, creates an opening for healing, and brings positive change. Please join me at the end of today's episode and every episode this month to pray for and envision peace on earth. We'll also be praying together over on my Instagram page if you want to join us at Angel Podcast. Now here's today's episode. hello beautiful souls you're listening to the angels and awakening podcast i'm here with patricia and i'm so excited because she's got some very very beautiful angel stories to share with you that i know are just going to touch your heart and help you to connect with your loved ones on the other side too so patricia welcome to the show thank you for being here thank you for having me julie of
1: course um so i i do have a few but the one that has been kind of nudging at me um is with my dad and um to tell it in a little bit more detail so i'm going to give more background on it and then um we'll get into the story so um my dad passed away um but as a kid he so he was a very outgoing charismatic guy always making jokes looking to spend his downtime having fun. As a kid, I always felt like a nuisance or annoyance to him. Um, He would get upset if I had to stay home from school because it would require him to watch me. And um, so I kind of thought of him more of a brother than a father. Um, Once I got into high school and college, I felt like he was trying to open up a little more. The first time he told me he loved me, I was like 18 years old. And at that point, I was like mad about it. After I graduated from college, I moved out to California and our relationship started to shift um, for the better. My dad was a truck driver um, and drove in a team with his best friend and they would often have trips to Fontana, California. I lived in Studio City, so whenever I had the time, I would make the trip out there. He would get me groceries. Sometimes I would take him back, show him around LA. And kind of around 2000 or it was 2011, um, four months before he passed, I watched the show, True Life on a Medium. I don't know if you remember True Life, <laughs> but it was True Life on the Medium. Um, it was an MTV show. And one of the girls on there stood out to me. So I decided to find her. I scheduled a phone reading with her. And um, she told me a few things. I asked her about my grandfather, who at that, at that point, he had passed away in 2005. And as a kid, I would always tell my family, like, don't come in spirit form, like come in my dreams, um, because I don't want to get scared. And so when he passed away, I never dreamt of him. And he was the first significant person who passed away and didn't come in my dreams. So I asked her, hey, do do you connect with him? What's going on? And she was like, he's hanging around your dad a lot. And at that point, I was like, yeah, she doesn't know what she's talking about because that would never happen. Like he was my mom's dad. So that happened around May. And at that point, I hadn't had the opportunity to meet up with my dad since Christmas of 2010. My dad would also call like 15 times a day and leave voicemails. Just again, background. So one weekend that I was driving out with a friend to Vegas, he happened to be driving on the same route with us. And he we were trying to go like... We were trying to essentially just drive my friends in my car, drive up to him and just like wave. I was in the passenger and we we couldn't figure it out. He was just he couldn't stop and wait in the truck. They had to keep going. And as we were driving into Vegas, he and his co-partner were driving out. But it was like this urge that I wanted to see him. Um, So that was in May, and he passed away in July and then in june he also was very adamant about knowing when i was going to be back he kept seeing how he needed to sign his condo up to me which was really confusing um because i was like i'm an only child my parents were divorced but like who else would it go to so the last time i spoke to, with him was july 8th i was in grad school at the time working on my last minute homework before school the next day my dad was a very loud and fast-paced talker so when he called me he was significantly calmer and had much so much peace in his voice when he spoke. Um, it was eerie, but I didn't think much of it to dive deeper. Uh, my Both of my parents are Polish. Um, so his last words to me in Polish were, which means study, child, study, just It it sounds more profound in English, but it was not as profound in Polish. And as I got off the phone with him, um, that moment, the little Wayne song, um, How to Love came on. And it was so like, again, such a just juxtaposition to what he normally like, normally the music he played. So that like got embedded in my memory as like how to love last conversation with my dad. So uh, Sunday morning, July 10th, my dad was sleeping in the cabin with his best friend or his, as his best friend was driving the truck. They were going through Nebraska and it was around four in the morning when an RV pulled out into the interstate. Whatever the circumstances were, someone was going too fast. Someone was going too slow. The truck attempted to get around and a jackknife. There was an explosion and essentially the autopsy Reported that my dad suffered a contusion to the back of his head, causing him to have internal bleeding. But there was an there was a fire. At first, we had no idea what had happened, but I kind of pieced it all together. A year later, after bag- begging my my lawyers for autopsy photos, um, I know that his best friend attempted to pull him out, but he was probably unaware that my dad was knocked out. My dad was the only. Fatality with seven survivors Almost immediately He started to reach out to everyone Kind of like when he was alive I believe it was two days after his passing My aunt called me from Poland Saying she dreamt of him He was dressed in a tuxedo Arms were open wide and telling her I'm okay, I'm okay I moved back to Illinois with my mom uh, Her hallway light would start Like constantly would flicker And I would tell her It's dad and she's like No, it's just the light bulb and I did everything to figure out like why it's flickering replaced it nothing nothing changed um so uh as my dad wore a lot of jewelry um, he had a pinky ring my mom with my mom's initials and his a wedding ring and another signature um, ring and as a kid I would always look at his rings want to play with them and he would often tell me oh, you can have him when I die. Because I would ask, can I have him now? And he's like, no, you can have him when I die. A month after he died, he came to me in a dream. I dreamt that I needed to go to the bathroom and went down into a sore, which turned into like a garden apartment in Chicago. Um, in the dream, I recognized it as my cousin's place, although she didn't have an apartment. And I went into her room. She was putting on makeup and I asked her where she was going. And she said it was something celebratory. I turned to leave her room, and in the doorway stood a family friend named Danny. In reality, he was shot and killed in 2008. Um, I, I went to his wake, which later, my dad's memorial was held in the same funeral home in the same room. Um, in my dream, Danny was dressed in the same suit. I saw him at his funeral, and I asked him what he was doing there, knowing that he was not alive. He replied, oh, We get to go, we get to take you guys to special events from time to time. And I stood there for a minute and quickly asked, have you seen my dad? And he said, no, let me look. And he had me lay down and like, almost like Reiki, like ran his hands over my body and said, oh, sorry, I couldn't find him. And as I was responding to him, like, "Eh, it's okay. I hear my dad's laughter coming from the other room. So I go and go, go run in and I see all my aunts getting ready. They're all dressed in white. My dad's stand, standing among them, dressed in this pink shirt and his hat, with all these burn patches all over his body. At that point, I hadn't seen autopsy photos to see what he looked like. So it was just, yeah. Um, he took off his hat to show me that his hair was burnt off. And then we started walking and talking. All of his wounds disappeared. And, and then he looked like his old self again. I was telling him about the funeral and the heavy decisions I was making. And I told him, "Oh, we can't find your rings." And he stopped walking. He turned towards me. He took off his rings and placed them into my palm, and they turned into three gold coins. And then I realized I was dreaming, and I started crying. And um, he he told me he has to go. And I said, "I want to go with you." So you have to stay. And so I woke up crying out of my dream, knowing that like, he truly came to me. Um, so that's another part that came. We never got the, the his rings back. I w- did go to Poland with my family, uh, to visit my family and stayed with my aunt, my dad's sister. My aunt told me, I told my aunt about the medium experience back in May. Um, And she was so relieved, saying that they were praying to my grandfather, Marion, my dad's actual, my dad's dad, thinking that he was the one who greeted him when he crossed over, but that it was good that Lucian, my other grandfather, was around instead. I was so confused, and she explained how you're greeted by a family member or someone you know when you pass on the other side. I went down to visit my Mom's mom, my grandmother, and I also shared the story of the medium and how she told us, she told me that my grandfather was hanging around my dad. And she said that made sense. Um, Apparently, my grandfather, Lucien, was behind my dad during the divorce and felt sorry for him that he lost his own father when he was so young. My dad was about 25 when his dad passed away. So, knowing that it gave kind of came full circle and gave me so much peace throughout the first year. We had many signs and validations. Um, my aunt, my dad's sister also shared that she received several phantom calls in the middle of the night with just weird echoes. And it happened like three or four times in a row and then it stopped during that time i was really into watching ghost hunters and i remember they would always say if you're here let's take a picture or something with a picture so this was during christmas time my mom and i were doing something we both felt like my dad was with us he told so so i told her like okay stand here i'm going to take a picture and i said dad if you're here stand next to mom and i had three different pictures where there were like orbs, or there was one where there's a white streak in it, like where he's, it's not close within proximity, but he, it was very apparent that it was, it was him. And then lastly, my dad would always um, sleep with the radio on, and as did my grandmother. And in the first year, I had um, difficult nights of sleeping. So I would sleep next to my mom. Um, In her room, she had this radio CD player it was a three CD player that was kind of funky. Um, the CDs faced you and the cover was clear. So when, so you could see the discs through it. Uh, when you turned it on, it had like fun colors through the plexiglass. Um, and one night at 3am, I was woken to the CD player turning on, which was a separate button and opening, which I tried to like, we tried to decipher, okay, like, how is this possible? Can it just open on its own? You always had to press one button to turn it on and another to open it. So there's no way that it can open that way. It happened again in another night. And then I went to a friend's house and my mom called like, Hey, it happened again. So it happened. Like it, it always happens in threes with him. So the last thing he kept asking about when I was coming to back to Chicago so he can sign a, a condo over to me after after I came back, I, I realized he had a I mean, I knew he had a girlfriend living with him, but I met up with a girlfriend. She's still living at the condo. She wasn't very kind. Um, and she said things like, oh, I would have had a place to stay. We were supposed to get married in August. And so it clicked like he, he, for whatever reason, was afraid that she was going to take something away. Um, so, yeah. Um,
0: so did you end up, did he end up signing it over before he passed? He did not. No. Okay. No. Um, which is fascinating because um, my dad uh, did not give his will to other people he just had his partner have it Mm. as well and she basically chucked it in the fire and all of his Mm. wishes you know and i've we have a, a will and trust and our lawyer at one point said the same thing, like, don't give this to other people because you don't want other people to have different copies. And we're like, no, we want people to know what the deal is. And so that everybody's very, very clear. Um, And they'll honor that it's like the latest copy that we've signed is the... The last one. Um, So I think that there's different philosophies of thought on that, but I think it's very, very important for people who are listening to hear that, you know, talk to your legal person, but have things set up. And I know how frustrating it is to like go through because it is an arduous process to identify like all of your different 401k plans and different assets and all of the legal paperwork and make sure that everything is assigned to the right person it's supposed to go to. But I mean, this is such a huge money-making business When people do pass away and it's not set up correctly, like if you just have a will, um, I know it costs more to get a trust set up. But in the end, you're saving people so much in legal fees because a will is going to go through probate in court and anybody can come in and fight. That will. If it's a trust, it's open and closed, my lawyer has told me within one month, like 30 days. And I know like as a parent, that just gives me so much more peace. Um, so just for everybody listening, just a little FYI, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. When you were talking about the dream, Hmm. This is something that comes up often, but we don't always talk about on the show um, because people get really confused. And I think that when they have a visitation dream, they want to find meaning and purpose in every single element. And I found that some people can really almost obsessive compulsive over the microscopic details. For example, like with your story, some people would say to me, well, the sore must have meaning, right? Like why did we go down in the sewer? You know, Or um, you know, why did my, you know uh, family friend say that he couldn't hear my dad, but then I hear my dad laughing in the kitchen. You have to take everything. Um, and the other part, your dad just reminded me, the part where he showed you his burns you could take that in a lot of different directions he's very clearly said a couple of times here that with his head injury he was knocked out like he did not feel his passing and so sometimes like with the burn piece even when we're having a dream our egoic mind can come in and add certain elements so I want people to understand that not everything that you dream about has significance. You have to find the significant pieces and just hone in on that. Um, And your dad keeps going back to that dream that your aunt had where he was like, I'm okay, I'm okay. Because that's what he keeps showing me. Like the burns, when he showed you the burns in the dream, it wasn't that he was saying that he was hurt, he was actually very much at peace. And my dad has shown me this as well that he, he physically as a human being didn't know that he was passing, but his higher self did the piece of him on the other side. And there were certain pieces that you could see before his passing where he was making peace with his transition on a subconscious level, even before he left. And your dad said, when you understood that it was him bringing that through for you to make that connection, that he really did find that peace within his own heart before he passed. I I absolutely believe that. And
1: um, he, I had a hard time being honest or or just like he was very outgoing and um, very uh, charismatic guy and so I don't he never really shared the truth with me even if I wanted to Um, but with his sister I remember her after his passing telling me like yeah we had X amount of phone calls and he just was in this contemplative state which prior to that wasn't happening so i i definitely think some he knew something was coming
0: beautiful souls do you regularly see repeating numbers cardinals or other signs if so your angels and loved ones on the other side are trying to tell you something these signs aren't just a cute hello from the universe These messages go deeper. These messages are about you, your life, your relationships, your purpose, and how God needs to work through you in this lifetime. Friends, we all go through moments where we question, am I doing this right? Am I on the right track? The thing is our higher self knows the true answer. Our angels and loved ones in heaven do too. I've worked with the angels to channel the steps you can take to uncode your own personal messages and clearly hear answers from the other side. This workshop will give you your own unique way of communicating with your spirit team and leaning on them for support. After this workshop, you'll be able to integrate these steps into your life to clearly communicate with your angels daily. This workshop is on Saturday, March 26, 2022 at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. It's called Signs and Angel Numbers, A Divine Guide to Clearly Understanding Your Angels. If you're an angel member, this workshop is included in your membership. Non-members can register for this workshop on my website, theangelmedium.com. And if you're listening to this in the future, you can also check it out on the website as well.
1: Especially with the the apartment and like this urgency to like, I need you to sign it. I need to sign this over. I need to sign this over. And I was like, what? Okay. Like, so he knew that potentially, if he did get married, I I mean. It, it's crazy. Like if, if that actually happened, if they were married, she was such a difficult individual. Um, I just, I'll just say unkind, um, that I wouldn't have even probably gotten a shoe of my dad's. Um, I ended up having to go into a lawsuit and, and the settlement there, I, I wouldn't have gotten anything, you know? And yeah, so, yeah, he was, he was definitely trying to watch out for me.
0: 100%. And it's more the message that he needed to convey to you, because this is one of the biggest questions that I get asked after a person passed is they didn't have things set up. Did they really even care about me? Did they really, even, you know, and, and so a lot of that comes up for people. Um, and I think it's very hard in this day and age where we do have mixed families and people have multiple different marriages. Um, And so uh, I think the biggest takeaway, though, that I need people listening to hear is that when you do pass what you have left behind, whether it is something sentimental or a letter or something monetary Actually, deeply, you know, whether or not it's true is irrelevant for people. Human beings take that as your final testament to your relationship with that person and whether or not you cared. For that person, you might love that person to death, and you know loved ones on the other side are like, "No, I love them so much." But if you don't leave everything set up, or if you don't leave something to them, a lot of people really take it to heart and feel that there wasn't as big of a connection as they thought that there was. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, a couple more things. So. Going back to what you were saying about going to that original medium and you in the session were probably like, what are you talking about? You don't know what you mean. Um, You know, that was my mom's dad, not my dad's dad. Um, I need everybody listening to just wrap their heads around this because it comes up a lot too, which is a medium, an intuitive, and angel reader, their job is not to filter messages and say, okay, I'm going to share this message with you, but I'm not going to share this message with you. If it is coming in from spirit, their only job is to communicate what is coming in from spirit to you. And so I get this a lot too in my sessions where Somebody will be like, you're crazy, you know, like, I don't know what you mean. And every single time it happens in one of these angel stories re- recordings, too, like I just had it a couple weeks ago, we recorded um, uh, or maybe like a month ago, um, this one where they were very like surely, clearly showing me this person on the other side. And she didn't know who I was talking about. And they said, ask your mom. And she came back and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't get to share it on the show, but now I know exactly who you were talking about. If, if a if a medium, an intuitive, an angel reader filters the message, you don't get the validation that you need, even if it is months or years later. And so, I need people to understand that because if something doesn't fit, and it's not a negative piece of information, it's just it's just there, right? Because um, negative information that I get from people, I shut out. I close, I have very protective boundaries around that because I know the other side doesn't bring through negative information. But if it's just information, I'm like, I I don't get that. um, I will keep it in the back of my mind. And when it comes up, it is that aha moment that you need. So don't shoot the messenger, right? Like the messenger is just there to bring through what it is that perhaps you need in the future as
1: well, right? Yeah, and having that discernment, yeah. Um, and it and it was it was am- amazing to see. Like, it gave us all a lot of peace, knowing after the fact um, that it wasn't like he he was being guarded in some way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um. Okay. Now, Patricia, are you married? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Do you like worry about having kids because he keeps showing me this little boy, but it's for you? Um, I'm single. Um, I do worry
1: about having kids. Um, <laughs> I, um, I've i dreamt of the little boy. Um, he's got like dark curly hair. I've seen it like I've seen him in dreams. But that's yeah, I'm not I'm not there yet.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Sometimes our egoic mind can come in and put up an energetic wall that Mm -hmm. is hard for us to move through. And what your dad wants you to know by showing you this vision of this little boy is that this is your future and that you need to attach to that and um, almost feel his energy and just know that he's coming through in order to break down and dissolve that wall um, within you that says, what if this never happens? And he says, but what if it does? And um, here's the thing, and I feel like you know this intuitively. When this little boy comes through to you, you're going to see your dad's mannerisms in him, and it's like a sign that you're going to see over and over. And he wants you to know that you're not making that up in your head. That it's him. Um, he's already got it lined up. Like I can see this little boy is like he's a toddler and he's in elementary school, and like you see your. Dad's dad's personality come through him a ton. Um, He also wants to talk about your work. What is it that you do for work? So I'm a
1: behavior analyst. I work in the autism field. I uh, do a lot of parent training as well as like I create programming that our staff implement with the clients that we have.
0: Okay, because he said um, work healer in her own way. He wants you to know that this is the field that you are a healer in. And um, sometimes they come through and say this. And this is like a sign and symbol that I know because I've seen it so many times and he's handing it to you where your brain works differently from other people, where you can see connections and the way things fit together that other people cannot see. And sometimes you poo-poo that, not recognizing that it's a major gift Mm. of yours. And that it's actually, he just said, a major gift that is to be shared. So I see you having books. I see you like speaking at conferences. And he said, you're supposed to take those things that you identify where um, the autism community needs X, Y, and Z and put it out there in the way that you see it and teach it in the way that you see it because it's going to help. I almost feel like you're going to create your own model that other people are going to replicate and use.
1: Wow, well, that's that's pretty amazing. When I, so I have my undergrad in film. Um, that's how I ended up going to California. And I I, I would never say I had like a full awaken, awakening. I feel like I've always had this knowing that I like there's more and there was times where I like kiboshed it. And then uh, definitely when I moved to California and found like grad school, it was like, I had two pieces of paper slid in front of me and it was like, do you want to do this psych or um, it was a doctorate psychology degree type thing? Or do you want to do the ABA applied behavior analysis? And I was like, what's ABA? And And from there, like the amount of um, alignments, like boom, 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 was just insane. Like I remember having my first, um, we are orientation in school and I was so, I was so excited. I felt like I found my people, but also yet so scared. And I ended up crying in the department head's office. Because I had like fear that I, I didn't belong. Like I had, um, oh, what's that syndrome where you, you like think I, I feel like I slipped in through positive. the cracks. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And she's like, "No, you're supposed to be here." So I remember going home that night and laying in bed and just feeling like all the tingles of like, "This is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is it." And um, even right now, like I'm I I would say I'm in the best working place i've ever been in my life like it just aligns with everything so thank you for for letting me know that
0: yeah (laughs) yeah um i want to make time and space do you have one more angel story that you wanted to share sure um so
1: like i said i had i've had i've never had like a full awakening i've always i was always aware um one story that i had when i was a from when I was a kid, I was 10 years old, I went on vacation, or I would spend a lot of my summers in Poland. And I went, um, one of my aunts would take me different places like around the country. And one year we went to the Baltic Sea. She brought her sister and her son, who was my age. And it was one of the days we were on the beach. And I remember it was very, um, very windy, very... the the tide was like very strong um, and we were jumping waves. It was just me, my aunt's sister, and her son. It was just the three of us. We'd hold hands and jump waves. And I remember looking and all of a sudden, like it's the tide pushed us so much so that like from where we started in front of my one aunt, we were already like down the beach from her just because of the tide. And then all of a sudden, a wave hits us. And I remember getting flung. Like my head went towards the the shore and I couldn't like catch my step. I I felt stuck. And all of a sudden, I open my eyes and I see the sun was behind me, but I see light. And all of a sudden, I feel a hand pull me up. And I turn thinking, it's my aunt. Like, oh my gosh, thank you. And I look. And she's probably six feet away from me, helping her son get out of the water. And I turn around and there was no one around me. So I, I, I mean, at that point, I was so grateful knowing that, like, whether it was, I, I knew it was God or it was some sort of guardian angel type thing or, yeah, um, but it, it, it was one of, one of the profound moments of my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I can see like that happening. And like you felt like a human arm, like it it wasn't like you just got pulled up or like the water pushed you up in some His way. Fingers. Yeah, you, I felt the fingers on my shoulder pull me up. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible, and that's where your spirit team and your angels are really able to step in if something is not your time and you're not supposed to go, and really um, help in those situations. And I know that that's hard for a lot of people to hear because a lot of people have been in situations where they didn't get pulled up, and or had loved ones in that situation, and so it's hard to kind of differentiate and discern, um, but. I do believe that there is divine timing to everything. One more thing that keeps coming through from your dad, and this is also for everybody listening, not just for you. Um, So when I was a little girl, I would go to my grandma Harris's house and over the bed that we would sleep in was this beautiful gold framed picture of two children on like a rock and all around them was this like stormy waves of the ocean and then above the two children were two angels. It was a very old looking painting, but I always felt connected to the angels in that painting. And so like your dad said, you could have the rings when he passed. My grandma would always tell me I could have that painting when she passed. And she um, did not remember to put that in her will. And, um, and I felt her presence when I stumbled upon an angel painting that I really loved, and she whispered in my ear, "Julie, this is, you know, me gifting you with the angel painting, and and your dad keeps showing me that you'll be out somewhere. And did one of the rings that he had was it like um like a black stone in the middle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah." Mm-hmm. because he keeps showing me you being out and seeing something very similar. It might not be exact, but he's going to whisper in your ear, this is for you. And he wants you to get it because it's um, it's him you feeling his energy every time you look at it. Okay. And so it mm-hmm. it might not have been his, but it is special and he's gifting you with it from the other side. And so when he brought this message through, he said, Julie, would you speak this and tell this, um, the audience, this is for everybody, because so many people have had a similar thing happen where they didn't get the painting or the ring, but then they stumble upon something that looks like it. And you might hear your inner dialogue say, get it, this is for you. And when that happens, know that that is your loved one on the other side, wanting you to have this, because it it really connects you with their energy. And that's, what it symbolizes—that's what it means. That's what it represents. And so, um, know that that's their way of gifting you with something. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's awesome here. Yeah. hear. Um, my when I, I ended up signing up for the um, uh, the ancestral yeah. um, back in November class uh, or September, and I remember that I was working at the kitchen table. And I was listening to one of your podcasts and I literally, like it literally felt like he was like, sign up, like, go sign up. And fine. <laughs> and I, I didn't even, I haven't finished it, but I think it, what, what it brought was this opportunity to share his story is what, what it, I felt like it needed to be yeah. Yeah, shared.
0: So, That's anyway. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the simplest way to sum it up for everybody listening is follow your heart. There's so much more to that statement than I could explain here, but the angel membership just really helps you to unfold into it all year long. But if you simply just follow your heart and those whispers that are calling to you within your heart, what we often mistake is that we think it's us and it's really them pushing us from the other side to do what they need us to do to be on our path. So thank you for listening to him. And thank you for being here to share your, your stories with the audience. It's such a of pleasure course. to get to know you. Of course. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. Thank you everybody for listening. And if you have an angel story that you want to share, please email it to us. My email is in the show notes below and we would love to have you on the show as well. Bye everybody. Beautiful souls. I just want us to take a moment and pray together. I want you to start by taking a deep breath in And a deep breath out and I just want you to feel your crown chakra opening at the top of your head I want you to feel God's loving oneness energy pouring like a waterfall of love into your entire body surrounding your auric field filling every molecule of space within you surrounding you and i want you to feel that you are so filled to the brim with oneness energy that it begins to radiate out like the rays of energy that radiate out from the sun And friends, what I want to do this month is every time you come to the podcast, I want us just to pray together. The reason we pray, we have shown it scientifically, it does make a difference. When you pray, they have shown scientifically that it does something within another person's energy field. That person might not know that they are being prayed for, but something is happening Energetically. So let's come together right now today and just pray. Ah, uh, Danny, if you could take that over again. So let's just come together today and pray. There's a lot happening in the world right now, and this is not about letting fear consume you. This is about taking your energy and directing it the way you want it to go. And so we're going to use our intention today. We're going to use the love that God has just poured into us today to radiate that love out, radiate our intent, prayers, ask God to surround angels with the people on earth who need it. And in particular today, we're going to ask that God surround with angels, the people of Ukraine, to provide the people of Ukraine with angels that give them strength, that give them hope, that give them divine wisdom. Friends, this isn't a political thing whatsoever. This is a human thing. This is a collective consciousness thing and what we're doing today is bringing more love into this world so I want you to just take a moment to pray with me dear God universe source we know that there are babies that Uh, should be in a NICU right now, special needs children who should be in an ICU hospital right now, who are not able to because of the conflict that is happening in Ukraine. And God, we ask you to protect those children, to heal those children, to surround those children with the angels that they need to give them everything to become fully 110% healthy. God, universe source, we pray for the mothers who are pregnant right now, who are fear-filled of how they're going to give birth, where they're going to give birth. We ask you to put their hearts, their minds at ease and create a safe place for them to bear children into this world. God, we pray for the displaced families, the children who are unsure of what's going on, who have fear in their hearts. We pray for those children to be surrounded by angels of comfort, angels of love, who fill them up so that they know they're not alone and they feel a semblance of safety, of security, We also pray for those displaced families, those who are left behind, those who are still fighting. God, we ask you to give them courage. We ask you to give them strength. We ask you to fill them with every single thing that it is that they need to get through this time in their life. God, Universe, Source, we ask you to provide everyone in Ukraine with angels to surround them. God, Universe, Source, we also pray for those who have lost somebody in this conflict. That you help bring healing to the hearts of those who are left behind. And friends, I just want you to take a moment to add in your own prayer right here, right now. Friends, your angels ask you to hold a vision, a future earth, and that is one filled with peace, with love, where there is all peace on earth. And if your egoic mind comes in, gets in the way and says, that's not possible, Julie, it is. We all have to hold that vision within our minds right now. So start by holding it within yours, by seeing all of earth as peace filled, as loving towards one another, Your angels say that now more than ever, it's so important for you to do your own work on yourself, because when you're spiritually healthy individually, it leads to us being spiritually healthy as a collective. So doing the work on yourself individually lends itself to peace within all. When you have peace within you, we can have peace within the collective. So friends, please know that your angels do not want you to be fear-filled. They want you to, anytime your egoic mind brings in fear, use your intention, use your ability to pray. There is no wrong way to pray, to pray for people you care about, even if you don't know them. Use this opportunity to look at your own life and the lessons that God, universe, source, your angels are trying to bring into you right now on how to bring more peace into your life. So that as you create a more peace filled world for yourself, we can come into a more peace filled collective as a whole. Friends, I want you to see one more time, peace on earth, peace within yourself, peace within your own life. I want you to send that energy that you are filled with that oneness energy out to the world, out to the people of Ukraine, out to everyone on this planet who needs it. Remember, it's not coming from you. It's coming through you from God, universe, source if you allow it to, that oneness energy is an unlimited source that will flow through you to everybody who needs it here on earth. Friends, thank you for coming together. Thank you for praying with me. Thank you for sending love out into the universe. Every single time your egoic mind tries to bring you back into a fear state, I just want you to stop for 30 seconds, call in your angels and just pray. Just feel that oneness automatically radiating within your body and just send it out into the world to those who need it. Friends, I love you. Spirit loves you. Your angels, your loved ones on the other side, they are looking out for you. They're with you right here, right now. Open up your heart to miracles, to blessings, to this vision of peace filling this world. Bye friends.